The Lord is near. A little ways back, one of the seniors here at NAU said to me, Father Matt, I'm sad. And I said, why are you sad? And she said, well, because this is my last semester at NAU, and I just now discovered daily mass. Which I thought was beautiful. She was finding so much goodness in daily mass, and she just wished she had discovered it years earlier. And my reply was, praise God, you know now. Jesus tells a parable today about a landowner who goes out and hires laborers at dawn, at nine, at noon, at three, and at five. And at the end of the day, the foreman calls them back in in reverse order, and the five o'clock people get the whole day's wage. And so the earlier people are like, well, then we're probably going to get more, but they also get the usual day's wage. And the landowner says, are you envious because I am generous? And so that, that, that word captures really the heart of this whole gospel. That God is generous. Maybe that hasn't been our experience. And if that's true, then it's important to talk to God about how I feel like he's not generous. In particular, ways that maybe I feel like he hasn't been generous with me. When I was in high school and college and I was growing in my faith, I remember thinking to myself, this doesn't feel fair. Like, all these people that I know and see around me, they're going out and they're partying and they're hopping into relationships. And here I am trying to do what's right and good, and I feel, I feel like I'm missing out. I, just being honest, it's like that's how I felt. Like, I want to live a holy life, but I guess if you live a holy life, then you're just, God doesn't want you to be happy or something. Now, that's what I believed. I've come to recognize that that's not true. But, but rather, it makes me think of, and this is why I love the prodigal son story, that The older brother watches how the father is generous with with his younger brother. And he's like, I don't get it, Dad. Like, I've been faithful all these years. And it feels like you're not taking care of me like you're you're being generous with him, but it doesn't feel like you've been generous with me. Like, all these years I've served you, never once have I disobeyed you, and you don't even give me a goat. And the father says, my son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. That the son receives a different kind of blessing. And there's there's all sorts of other thoughts on this, that if the son, if the father says everything I have is yours, and the son didn't even receive a goat, it's for one of two reasons. It's because he never asked for a goat or he was never open to receiving a goat. Does that make sense? The father says, everything's yours. And he's like, well, I I never got a goat. It's like, well, your heart wasn't open to receiving that. 
But the blessing that the older brother has, the blessing that the workers who show up earlier have, is the the brother at home is with the father always. That the brother, the son, gets to share in everything always. Gets to be with the father. The laborers in the vineyard, they don't only only have the security of knowing they're going to get a just wage, that they're going to be taken care of. They get to be with the landowner. The reward of heaven for you and I is not that I'll get all the mud pie mojo I want, but I will be with God. That God himself is the reward. God says, do you you love me or do you love my gifts? But if his gifts are so good, how much better must be the giver of the gifts? That we get to be with God. That, That he is the blessing. That Jesus is the wage paid out, so to speak, an atonement for our sins to make us righteous. And you and I get to receive that wage, Jesus, fully, truly in heaven. That Jesus is the reward. This past week, Father Dan told me this story that we were at the rectory and he said, hey, I'm going to the hospital to baptize someone. And he was getting the seminarian to come with him. And and so I asked him, I'm like, wow, okay. um, How long has this person been preparing for baptism? And Father Dan said, a few hours. I was like, oh. It turns out this man was 35 and had just some very unfortunate difficulties in his body and the doctors told him this is very grave your body's shutting down you have just a short amount of time and the next day the seminarian joseph brought him his second communion and a baptism certificate he was able to receive a third communion the next day and then he went to go meet his maker That for him, it was the last minute. And you could imagine that this man's on his bed thinking like, what a gift I've been given. And how how I wish I could have been with the Lord and know his grace and know his strength and his presence in the Eucharist for so long. But I'm here now and that now he can go enter into the joy of his master that the salvation and the sacraments have been available the entire, his entire life, but he's responding at this time, and God was generous in giving him so much. And just as God was generous with him, that God holds that generosity out for every one of us, that God holds nothing back, that it's, it's who he is, and if I, if I feel like I'm not receiving it, then, then perhaps I have my own grievances that I need to air, my own frustrations that I need to get out so that there's room to receive once again. I, the truth is that the Lord is always near. The Lord is always knocking on the door. And why do people not open the door? Why do people wait? Why do people put off faith in God? I don't know. There's a million reasons, perhaps. 
But that's not what matters. What matters for me is how will I respond? What, what is my response now? There was a French man named Jacques Fesch who, as a young man, at the age of 17, he walked away from the faith of his parents after his parents got a divorce. If that's what, you know, if religious people get divorced, then, you know, those hypocrites, I want nothing to do with it. And he walked away. He was later expelled from school because of laziness. He didn't want to do his work. At 21, he married his pregnant girlfriend in a civil ceremony. He was working at his father's bank, but then quit that job, left his wife and daughter, and went off with another woman where he fathered another child. He wanted at that point to escape even from that, to shirk all responsibility. He wanted to buy a boat and like sail around the world. But his father said, I'm not giving you money for a boat. So Jacques said, well, fine, I'm going to go get the money somewhere else. And so he went and he was robbing this money changer. And in the course of what happened, his glasses fell off and he started shooting. He ended up shooting a responding police officer and killed him. And so now he's arrested for killing a police officer. And it looks like his whole life is just falling apart. He was actually kind of indifferent. He's like, what do I care? You know, life stinks. I don't care. He even, he had a lawyer who was Catholic and he mocked his lawyer's faith. And he ended up going to prison. While he was in prison after a year, he experienced this major conversion. He bitterly regretted his crime and became very pious. He, he could see his, what he had done in, in the light and he felt bad. He kept a journal where he would write his thoughts, but he would also write letters back and forth to his brother and his stepmother, of which we have a lot of those letters. He went on to accept his crime, that I deserve this punishment. And he reconciled with his wife the night before he died. He died young. And his last journal entry was, in five hours... I will see Jesus. That he knew that even with the terrible life that he lived, that the graciousness and generosity of God was bigger. That that God's heart was always open to him if he was willing to accept it, to receive his love. In 1993, the cause for his canonization was opened And now Jacques Fesch is called Servant of God, which is a step on the path of canonization. An unlikely person, but a reminder of how big and gracious God's mercy is. It it took a lot in his life for his eyes to be opened, to see how how near the Lord was, and for him to respond. But he did come to know God's generous mercy and love, and you and I, we can respond today. We can choose to let the Lord in. We can choose to put him at the center of our lives. Not, not so that we can one day have entrance to the eternal party, but so that the Lord himself, the Lord who is the reward, 
can be near to us now.